Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Wednesday, 545, favorite time of the week. Time to talk to our guy, Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio host. You can hear him weeknights just right after me, well, a couple hours after me, 9 p.m. His show's going to start. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, Brady. How are you holding up today, my man? Uh, holding up well. Happy the Patriots won. Red Sox have a manager, so lots of things to talk about here. I want to start with this because I was just talking about this, actually. I'm going to get into it again later. If you're the Patriots and Bill Belichick wants to leave at the end of the year, would you trade Bill Belichick if you're New England? Boy, that's a really good question. And I'm thinking if I'm the Patriots, I would trade. I would think about it, but I don't think Robert Kraft is going to do that. I still don't get the sense that Bill Belichick is doing the whole swan song thing. I, we know that Bill Belichick is, has an A-plus and a Ph.D. in Jedi mind tricks, and he's going to use those <laughs> mind tricks to make sure he keeps that advantage and keeps everything in his favor. So I'm not exactly buying that Bill Belichick is not going to be part of a rebuild because I think they're rebuilding his way and the Patriot way, which is different than anybody else but i can't see that and if i'm robert crap i wouldn't do it when you have a man that's been so much of that organization just because they're having a down year does not mean the game has passed bill belichick by enough to say okay let's trade him and move away from that and thinking it's going to be okay especially believe that josh mcdance could be the heir apparent when it comes to succeeding bill belichick i heard the guys on espn this morning talking talking about this if belichick did leave and whether i guess it's either retirement or just wants to go to another team how does that affect his legacy in your mind? It doesn't affect his legacy at all because when, you, when you're on that Mount Rushmore of coaches, and many people consider him the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League, even if you move on to somewhere else, that's not going to affect your legacy. For example, Vince Lombardi, after all those years winning championships in Green Bay in the 60s, he went to the Washington Redskins near the end of his life, and that did not affect his legacy at all. So you can try to add it to a part of his legacy or think it should have a part. But when you've been one of the great teams in the history of the NFL, you develop one of the great organizations in the history of the NFL. When nobody saw that coming based on previous decades with New England Patriots, no matter what you do, that's not going to affect what Bill Belichick has done with his legacy in the New England Patriots. You know, I'm going to end the show with this today, I think. I, I think Belichick stays maybe even solely because he wants to pass it off to his son. I'm starting to really think Josh McDaniel is going to get squeezed out of this whole thing here. I think Belichick, you know, one of Belichick's son, probably Steve, who's kind of the de facto defensive coordinator, I think he wants him to take over for him. Well, I clearly think that's going to be the case, but Robert Kraft is not going to allow that potential nepotism to influence any kind of decision. Because I think there's a major reason why we see Josh McDaniels either not being not being considered for jobs or turning down jobs, Brady. It's because maybe he's been told that bill that, hey, when I leave here, when I retire, you're going to be the head coach. And you have the perfect person, I believe, in succeeding Bill Belichick outside of anybody that's going to be a family member. And we don't, we don't even know Steve Belichick wants to even coach. We still don't know that because this is his first year being a defensive coordinator, second year being a defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. So we don't know if he has any designs on being a head coach because no one's going to know about that because they do things so <laughs> secretly when it comes to the Belichick family in New England. So I could see maybe a, a line of succession, but if it's going to be a line of succession, I think it goes to Josh McDaniels first before anybody related to Bill Belichick might be considered. Freddie Coleman, ESPN radio host. You can hear him tonight, 9 p.m. right here on this station. It's the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I saw you guys talking about this last night. What would you make of Bill Belichick's comments on leaving the Jets? That was more honesty than we usually see from him on his weekly interview in Boston. 
Well, my co-host Ian Fitzsimmons said it best about this year. It seems like it's been Bill Belichick unplugged, that he is burying his soul like he's on a psychiatrist's couch. Hmm. He's doing commercials for Subway. He's really allowed whatever personality he has to be shown that does not involve winning a championship or having a team that's going to win a championship. So I think among the things with that Bill Belichick, he's letting it be known to everybody, hey, even in a down year, I don't want to lose to that team. He is still going to hold a grudge against that organization, especially when he said the greatest moment of my NFL career was not being a part of the Jets organization. Even in a down year, he's going to let everybody know we may not win the division, but we still own them. We are not going to cast the Buffalo Bills or maybe the Miami Dolphins, but we're still owning the New York Jets because that was completely unprovoked. The question was this, and then he went there, and nobody could have anticipated that was going to be the answer from Bill Belichick. And believe me, I know plenty of Jets fans are upset about that. And I said, wait a minute, I'm a Jets fan too. We had 20 years of dealing with this with this guy winning championships and ruining the division. This is the hill you want to die on. <laughs> you. you should have been a lot more upset that our teams were never able to consistently win in the division or beat him in football games. I'm not dying on that hill with other people being upset that Bill Belichick shaded them after the Jets blew another game in which they had the game won by being up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. You know, for as much as we've talked in the years, as much as I followed you, I didn't know you were a Jets fan. Long-suffering, which is kind of redundant, Brady, when you think about it. Long-suffering, a Jets fan being in the same sentence. But I've never, ever looked at the Patriots as that evil empire or those stormtroopers. I wanted my team to be half as good as that. I knew that was never going to happen. So anytime you got a victory over the Patriots, whether it's that one playoff game that the Jets won or even a regular season game, you took time to rejoice because you knew that the next five, six games were not going to be in your favor being a Jets fan. But I've never looked at them and hated on their success. I wanted my team to be even close to that orbit, but they never, ever got there. But I never hate on greatness. I don't care if it happens against my team. You see Cam Newton, they get the win. He plays better on Monday. wasn't perfect, but he played better. Do you think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL moving forward? I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but I think he'll still be on a roster next year, and it would not surprise me if that team is still the New England Patriots because they know that he's playing left-handed this year where you don't have that complimentary one in the game. The offensive line has been in flux. You had eight or nine guys on defense either opt out or get injured, so you don't have that compliment there to help out your quarterback. We've seen the last couple of weeks that he's played a lot better, that he's gotten a lot more comfortable, and I still go back to that COVID-19 diagnosis. What if that hadn't happened because that clearly interrupted whatever rhythm and flow that they were really finding a way to do that when it comes to Cam Newton in that offense and Josh McDowell's being the play caller for the Patriots offense. So I firmly believe that we're going to continue to see a the kind of Cam Newton we saw in the first couple of weeks of the season. He's not going to throw for 300 yards every week, Brady, but that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what that offense is going to be configured to make that work for Cam Newton. But if, he can, if he's able to protect the football, not give it up, and the defense can play just a little bit better, then all of a sudden we're not talking about the Patriots having a down season. I still don't believe they're going to make the playoffs. But all of a sudden, this being a 5-6 win team, I'm not buying that either. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. I want to get you out of here on this. I find myself giving Alex Cora a free pass. And yes, we're a Red Sox station, and yeah, I'm invested in the Red Sox. I want them to be good. But I usually don't like cheaters or people associated with scandal. I find myself giving Alex Cora a free pass in part because he comes off so likable. Do you ever find yourself not being as hard on someone simply because they are nicer? How much does that factor in anything you do? It really doesn't factor with me, and here's why, Brady, because to me, right is right and wrong is wrong. And I hear what you're saying about Cora, and it's a very valid point to raise about him. I use the same kind of philosophy. Remember when Andy Pettis spoke before Congress? Yeah. Because 
Eddie Pettit was so likable, people did not drill him or grill him as much as other people, meaning Roger Clemens, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa. If any one of those guys were a little bit more likable, they would not be dealing with the kind of things they still continue to deal with to this day by what they did involving themselves in illegal performance-enhancing drugs in Major League Baseball. But Andy Pettit, the first thing he said was an apology, that I shouldn't have done this, I should have known better. The minute that he said that, whatever vitriol was going to come his way never seemed to have that kind of steam. And you can use the same kind of tactic when it comes to Cora. People won't do that with Jeff Lou now because they still look at him as the, the evil Darth Vader yep. with this whole situation after Houston Astros. But A.J. Hinch and Cora came up as so likable, it's not a surprise to me that both of these guys were back in baseball one year after they got suspended because I told people both of those guys have the ability to connect with players and they're talented managers. They understand the game. They understand the philosophy of baseball. They understand how to connect with players. Those guys were not going to be pariahs in Major League Baseball along the lines of Jeff Lunau. And it's not surprising, Brady, that Jeff Lunau is suing because he believes if those guys got another chance, then why can't I get one? People look at Jeff Lunau, they don't think he's likable. They look at A.J. Hinch and Corr and say, yeah, we know you guys did wrong, but you're likable enough that we're willing to take a chance on you. Whatever blowback is going to happen, we'll deal with it. And Brady, how much blowback have you heard with A.J. Hinch being hired and Corr being rehired by the Boston Red Sox? You haven't heard any of that because of the fact what you said. Those guys are likable enough, but let's not lose sight of this. They still were part of a wrong that happened to Houston Astros, but they won't have to deal with it as much as Jeff Blue now because of the fact that people like them and respect them a lot more than they do when it comes to Jeff Blue now. Always the best. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, about 10 to 12 great minutes for us on Wednesday, and then we'll have multiple hours of greatness from him coming up tonight just a couple of hours. His show begins at 9 p.m. Freddie, as always, thank you very much for your time and your perspective. We'll do it again next week. Anytime, Freddie. Can't wait to do it again in seven days, and you be well, my man.